broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, turn to the 5, touchdown Raiders! The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby! Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. Here's your boy Q. Q. Should be joined by Matt Lombardo from uh, Heavy on Sports in a matter of minutes. My man DeMond is trying to effort him right now, and uh, we'll get him on, talk all things silver and black. Got a text from Allen in Vegas on the Sam and Ash text line. Shout out to Allen in Vegas. Belichick always says great things about a player, coach, team facilities before going on to beat them on Sunday. Be on point, Raiders. Don't fall for it. That's from Allen in Vegas. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, also got a text from uh, Eric in the 701 Q&D. Another great show. Darrell Williams' backstory is coach Josh and GM Dave saw Williams firsthand two times a year in the AFC East. Maybe they know what he is, and there's no pursuit. My biggest question is Cleve Furl. Is he just going on IR? Nowhere to be seen. Again, that's Eric in the 701. Uh, we'll get back to that question in a minute. Joining us now on the phone lines from Heavy on Sports is Matt Lombardo. And Matt, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you. And seeing you talking uh, quite a bit about the Raiders and what their potential is for this upcoming season. There's a lot of hype here in Las Vegas and around the country from all of Raider Nation. But we've been talking a lot about the offensive line and the struggles that we saw, particularly on Saturday. Uh, how much do you think head coach Josh McDaniels could really scheme to help out with that offensive line if it struggles early. Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. You know, I just don't think that what you saw this weekend is sustainable, right? Especially when you look at what the rest of the NFC West is, AFC West, rather, is bringing to the table where you're going to have to go up against, you know, Bosa. You're going to have to go up against Khalil Mack now. You're going to have to look at, you know, all of the talent in that front seven in Kansas City it almost makes you think that they're going to need to go looking, whether it's looking at someone like a J.C. Treader, bringing him in, or an Alex Leatherbed. They need to go shopping, I think, for a veteran offensive lineman because I don't know that they have the talent in place at the moment to be able to scheme up to withstand what they're going to have to face in a gauntlet of a division this year. That's what it feels like as well, and it's what we've really been talking about quite a bit here on the show today. And, you know, they have the cap space. They have some draft capital if they need to go out and make a trade. But there is a couple guys out there by way of free agency. Uh, we just had a texter talk about Daryl Williams, who last played with Buffalo. What do you think about him? Do you think he could be a fit with what the Raiders are trying to do? Yeah, I think he could be a fit, and I think that if you know you're looking for offensive tackle help, which I think the Raiders could certainly use a guy like Jordan Mailata in Philadelphia, former first round pick, probably next to Jordan Mailata, Andre Dillard rather, a former first round pick on the market, readily available. They have the cap space to make that happen, and whether it's Daryl Williams or or a guy like Dillard, they're they're both you know veteran offensive linemen who could bring some stability for a group that really needs it and could make or break whether or not Derek Carr reaches his potential with all of that firepower around him on offense. And, and that's where I wanted to go next. I mean, he does have a ton of firepower. That's what everyone's excited about. Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and more. Uh, if the offensive line is straight, how, how, how successful do you see this, this Raiders team potentially being with head coach Josh McDaniels calling all the shots? Yeah, you know, a couple of things here, guys. You know, I spoke to a league source who told me that there's a lot of buy-in from that building right now, that it's a, quote, complete culture change, a 180 from all of the drama and the turmoil from a year ago. And if that's the case, I think the Raiders could be one of these teams that, you know, they're probably, it's probably a long shot for them to win the division when you look at all of the offensive firepower and 
some of the more complete rosters that they go up against on a week-to-week basis in the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chargers. Um, you know, just, just a lot of talent out there. And, of course, you have Russell Wilson now in Denver. But I think the Raiders are one of these teams that they have the pieces in place to win 10, 11 games. And even in an AFC where you can make a case that there are six or seven teams with legitimate Super Bowl aspirations, the Raiders are good enough to crack that mix to get into the postseason at the very least, in my opinion. Talking right now with Matt Lombardo from Heavy on Sports here on NSA Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man demond has got one for you. Yeah, Matt, you had an article recently on Heavy. There was the favorite emerging to win the Raiders' number three wide receiver job, and you're speaking about Mac Hollins. So what have you seen from Mac Hollins that makes you feel confident that he can be that other receiver lining up on the outside? Yeah, guys, everything I've heard about Mac Hollins' camp is that he has been just turning heads and making plays. He has the frame to be a big red zone target, kind of a nice compliment to Hunter Renfro, and certainly a guy who can capitalize from the space out that created by Devontae Adams. Uh, but Holland is a guy who's also really versatile, right? He's not only going to be able to line up in the slot and average 12 to 15 yards per catch as a little bit of a big play threat himself, but he's six for four. So he's that big red zone target who, along with Darren Waller, you can feel pretty comfortable throwing up some 50-50 balls and letting those guys go and get them. So I think Q and Cole has been more productive in the preseason games so far, but everybody I talk to, basically has told me this is Matt Collins' job to lose at this point. What do you think about Tyron Johnson? Everyone calls him T-Billy, uh, but what have you seen from him? He's a guy that's got a lot of speed. He's got some good size as well, and he's somebody that, to his point, has been working on his consistency. Yeah, I think he's a guy that could break through. I, I think he's a guy that certainly is not only going to make the roster but could play meaningful snaps, and it's kind of an embarrassment of riches uh, when you look at what they've built on that offense. And I think that's why there's so much optimism, right? You can talk about what they've done on defense, bringing in Chandler Jones and pairing him opposite of Max Crosby. But I think at the end of the day, guys, those games in the AFC West are going to be won by the quarterbacks. They're going to be won you know, by the team that reaches 33 points, 34 points the quickest. And I think the Raiders, Johnson was one of those guys in that mix as well. Uh, are, are built to win those sort of shootout high-scoring affairs. Talking right now with uh, Matt Lombardo from Heavy on Sports here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I, I've been saying that I think the winner of the division is going to be the guys or the team with the best bookend uh, uh, um, offensive alignment just because, uh, again, as you mentioned at the top, that there's these guys, these, uh, these def- defenders on all these teams are so stinking good from the Broncos to the Chargers to the Chiefs that you're going to have to be able to protect the quarterback. And so it goes back to the offensive line that we've been talking about. And uh, I just feel like a, a team has to go out and do everything they can to shore that up. No, I agree. And I think that when you look at what the Chargers have with Rashawn Slater as a cornerstone, I think that that offensive line is kind of the measuring stick inside that division. And again, I think the Raiders have to add at least one veteran piece between now and the regular season kicking off, because if there's one thing that can undo the star power of an offense, if there's one thing that can lower the ceiling of how good a quarterback can be, it's the offensive line, and, and they just don't look like they're up to that task uh, as an adequate unit as we sit here two weeks away from the regular season kicking off. And you mentioned how good Derek Carr can be with this offensive line. I know you're a little bit higher on him than some people in the national media. I'm not asking you to rank him in your top <laughs> ten or where do you see him when it comes to <laughs> is he elite or not, but how good do you think that Derek Carr can be this season if everything goes right for the Raiders? Yeah, you know what? I'm not afraid to rank him. I think he's somewhere around the 12th to 14th best quarterback in the NFL today. He might be a little bit better than that. And I think that a lot of that comes down to what the Raiders have built around him over the course of this offseason. Look, you know, people inside the league, and rightfully so, 
view Devontae Adams as the premier wide receiver in the entire league, you drop him into an offense in a supporting cast with, with Darren Waller, with Josh Jacobs, with Hunter Renfro, and whether it's Hollins or Keelan Cole, it, it's hard not to envision Derek Carr surpassing, you know, 3,500 yards, 35 touchdowns, and like eight or nine interceptions. And if he has that kind of a year or better, the Raiders are going to be okay. No, and he had a good year last year. He had a really good year last year. So if uh, Josh McDaniels can get him to, to, you know, turn it up a little bit more, and of course brought in the Devontae Adams, which is obviously his uh, his uh, his college teammate, and so he's very familiar with him. Uh, it could be that much better. And and Matt, we always talk a lot about the passing game because of all the weapons that we just mentioned. But what about the run game and Josh McDaniels? We know that in New England he had running back by committee. The Raiders have a very deep running back room right now. How how big of game do you think that this uh, running back room could create uh, throughout the season yeah again it comes back to the offensive line right and i think that they kind of work in tandem um you need a great line to have a great running game but i think a good back with good vision and, and quick decisiveness um can mask some of those issues and open some things up for you overall in your playbook and i think josh jacobs is that kind of guy right he's a kind of a lower the shoulder bulldozy get to the second level and turn on the after gears kind of uh, afterburners kind of back I think that he's a guy that if he's not pushing for, you know, 15 or 1600 all purpose yards or more than that, then I think it will have been a, a disappointing season for Josh Jacobs. And I think that, you know, he's a guy that uh, there's been some speculation that they might be looking to move on from him or trade him. And I, I just don't see it. I think that Josh Jacobs is as a focal point, as big a focal point for the Raiders, um, especially with what they need that ground game to be as Devontae Adams has the chance to be in the passing game. You know, and this is going to be the first time in Josh Jacobs' career that he's not going to have a loaded box to run to try to run through, right? And so I feel like he really has an opportunity between him and Zamir White, the rookie out of Georgia. They really have an opportunity to do some damage on the ground because that box won't be loaded with all the weapons on the outside and Adams and Waller and Renfro. You just can't load up the box or else you're going to get, you're going to get beat on the outside. For sure. And I think that, that's kind of the game-changing element that a guy like Devontae Adams – brings to an offense and you look at Zamir White he's another guy I think that they're they're more than comfortable with what they've seen out of him this summer and through training camp in the early part of the preseason where they felt comfortable moving on from Kenyon Drake who had some versatility as well um, I think the bottom line here is fellas they, they've built a very versatile offense that can beat you a multitude of ways and it's going to be an uphill slog in that division and in that conference but I think that you look at their roster top to bottom, especially on offense. And there might be 10 teams in the league that are more gifted than the Raiders, but I don't know that there's many more than that, and there might not even be 10. <laughs> I heard that. Talking again with Matt Lombardo, heavy on sports. And, Matt, you got anything coming out that uh, we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, yeah, as always, I have a weekly column that drops each and every Wednesday morning. It's called In the Trenches nice. on heavy.com. Uh, probably have a little bit of a Raiders flair to it this week. Also going to dive into the second-year quarterbacks around the league who might or might not be making the leap. And then, of course, you can follow me on social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on TikTok, all at Matt Lombardo NFL. Um, so, so I got your analysis, everything you need to know, and everything that I'm hearing. Uh, you can find me at heavy.com and all of the socials. Let me ask you this. You mentioned about the second-year uh, quarterbacks, and obviously Mac Jones is a second-year quarterback. Uh, the Patriots are in town this week. They're, they're having the joint practices with the Raiders. Uh, what kind of step do you expect him to take this year now that he doesn't have Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinator? 
Yeah, I think he's one of the great unknowns, right? Because I don't think that he has a great supporting cast around him. I'm not sure that he benefits from having so many cooks in the kitchen with uh, both Matt Patricia and Joe Judge kind of in the mix from a play-calling standpoint. Uh, and and I think that he showed you enough that he can be more than a competent starter, more than a middle-of-the-road starter. But I don't know if you're going to get much more than that out of him this year um, in that scheme and without the dynamic playmakers around him. Now, they did go out and they brought in um, the kid from Miami, the name's escaping me, the former Miami Dolphins wide receiver, who could be a big threat for them. But I don't know. I don't know that he's a guy that I'd anticipate making that big year two week. All right. Well, there it is. Matt Lombardo, heavy on sports at Matt Lombardo on NFL on Twitter. Uh, definitely appreciate your time this afternoon, my man. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate having me on. All right. There he goes. Matt Lombardo again from heavyonsports.com. Check him out. Uh, Matt Lombardo, NFL on Twitter. Good stuff right there. Talking about the potential of the offensive uh, firepower that the Raiders could possibly have. And, DeMond, I mean, it's like beating up a, you know, it's like beating a dead horse. <laughs> it's the offensive line. It always goes back to the trenches, right? I mean, it's just what it does. Exactly, because it's it comes back to Derek Carr. Is he going to have time to get the ball to all of these weapons? And then one thing where it says, hey, they can maybe try to scheme a little things to help out that offensive line a little bit. You can't do that with the tight end on the Raiders. Darren Waller, I don't want Darren Waller to have to stay, stay back a little bit and try to assist on blocking before right. he goes to run his route. He's not a George Kittle in that spent. Like He can be one in three in the tight end rankings, however you want to rank them. But Darren Waller is providing more in the receiving game than he is in the blocking. For sure. So it's not going to be worth it. So, oh, let's stay back and help Alex Leatherwood a little bit before you go out on that route. Right. No, they, they've got to figure out a way to solidify that offensive line. And you want to have your weapons be used as your weapons, not as your blocker. So uh, good stuff right there. Coming up at 430, we have Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. Of course, we'll take calls and we'll get to your text on the Sam and Nash text line as well. But, Damon, coming up next, you were out Friday night football. That's right. High school football is back in the mix. You were out Friday night and you talked to a Raider alum. Who'd you get to talk to? Chris McLemore, man. There it is. Chris McLemore. You'll hear that conversation. Damon and Chris Mack coming up next on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. Got a text message from Geese Mode. Sam and Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Sub Q and Damon. Can we just take a moment and step back? I'm just astonished that we all sounded like we took an L against the Dolphins with our criticisms. That tells me that everyone in Raider Nation is no longer accepting excuses for failure, subpar performance. The new normal is now professionalism and winning in all aspects. We're headed in the right direction. You'd love to see it. Let's go Raiders. That is from Geese Mode. That's a really good one right there. Also, Q, in your opinion, if the Raiders go out and get alignment, how would it affect the Waller contract? That's from John B. from the OC. Well, they got at least, what, $20 Something in, in cap space. I mean, they they have the ability to make some things happen. They can go out there and get an offensive lineman uh, out there on the block. Even if they were to go and get an Isaiah Wynn, who would, it would end up costing them about $10 million, they could still get the get get Waller's contract taken care of and no problem. And it's all about structure, as the Cleveland Browns will tell you. It's all about structure. You can do anything you really want to as long as you structure the contracts the right way. And the Raiders are smart enough and the people in the front office are smart enough to be able to go ahead and get that taken care of. So thank you so much for those texts. We definitely appreciate you. We'll get back to those in a few minutes. Uh, coming up at 4.30, we have covered three NFL news and notes of the day. We'll kind of just scatter shoot around the league. But before we do that, Damon, you went out. 
high school football is back. Anyone who's been listening to this show for a while, listen to me in general, knows I'm a big fan of high school football. All last season, we were out every Friday night at the high school football games in partnership with the Raiders. Had the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. That ultimately led to the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award. We're going to do that again. Matter of fact, the first Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award will be announced tomorrow, and I'll actually have the coach that wins for the week have him on the show tomorrow. So excited about that opportunity. But you went out to a certain game, so tell us what game you went to. Uh, just give us the whole rundown of week one, or I guess week zero. Is it week zero? No, week it's one? week one. It counts. It is. Okay, week one. Well, I knew it counted, but uh, sometimes uh, in Texas they called it week zero, for just like they do in college football and all that stuff. Oh, not, not every team is playing that week. Right, no, exactly. It's back, it's back around the Valley High okay. School football. All so right. the showcase game was Sierra Vista, and I'm really thankful it was at Sierra Vista because right around the corner from my house, Nice. So it was just like that. Ah, oh, man, and it's pretty close to here as well. Probably like a ten minute drive from here at the studio. But Sierra Vista, they take they were taking on Legacy. You know, it wasn't that high scoring of a game, six to zero. Hmm. But I mean, the players they did look good out there. And maybe you could just be like some of the, that first game, Jitter's first game of the season. Right. And you've got the Raiders there. You know, it's packed at Sierra Vista on the home side. And I was sitting watching the game right next to MT Mike Taylor. And he gave me one compliment, and it was, hey, man, they need some more high school officials. Maybe you should go down there. Because I was calling it to be like, oh, no, like a nice a nice punt return. Oh, no, that's coming back. No, that's holding right there. And he's like, hey, man, you got another one right. And it's like, man, I felt pretty good about that. You know, I was. He probably thought you were still a high schooler. <laughs> Showing my bona fides. I, I, I see the game. Unbelievable. I see the game like that. And then he said something that dreads me. I don't know. I put a poll up on Twitter because I wanted to get other people's thoughts okay. on this. He said, I'll be right back. Hold my seat. And I said, oh, no. I saw that tweet. Yes. You're talking about MT? (laughs) Yes. If MT asks you to hold his seat, you better do it. But do you feel pressure when someone says, especially it's MT? No. no. For me, it's pressure. Why is it pressure? Anybody that's coming up the bleachers now, I'm kind of looking. Oh, you just tell them, like, hey, man, someone's sitting there. But here's what happened. What happened? Something happened. Someone says, oh, when they come back, then I'll just get up. No, say you don't sit down at all. (laughs) Get your ass up now. (laughs) <laughs> so I was just feeling and eventually like, it was halftime and I was like okay maybe he's not coming back so yeah I was like okay whew, did he averted. come back no he did not crisis averted well, he told you to hold on to the seat and then didn't come back yeah you know that's pretty funny that's pretty funny but no you just tell them like hey man that seat's taken rest of the second quarter I was just hoping like please don't and then oh man come. I would have loved to have been there just to see you stressed out that's so funny. I could totally see you like just stressed out. if you would have binoculars on me, right, right. you would have just been like, this guy's not even looking at the game Come anymore. Come up here biting his nails and all stressed out, figuring out what he's going to tell somebody who goes and sits down in an empty seat. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, man. you could, I, I, I'm glad you told me that. I, I'm never, you ain't rolling with me. If I tell you, hey, DeMond, hold my seat, I know that as soon as I walk away, I'm like, oh, my seat's going to be gone. Unbelievable. I just couldn't say no. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Too much pressure. I can't have that much pressure on me. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Yeah, talk to Chris McLemore, for, former running back for the Raiders. Yeah. And also um, a Vegas native. A, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I don't know that. I'm just, I mm-hmm. just think Vegas is a nice place to settle after retirement for a lot of players. But uh, Yeah, he played high school people. football here. Yeah, yeah we, we uh, when I uh, helped uh, introduce the, the high school football wall, a football wall in Allegiant Stadium, he was there. He was one of the guys that I talked to, and uh, and he was really happy about that wall. And, of course, you know, high school football in, in Nevada is not as big as it is in, say, Texas or Ohio or Florida or something like that. But it's still a big deal. It's still a really big deal. And I think that with Allegiant Stadium and the fact that the state championship games were played there a year ago and they're going to continue to be played there, it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and with the help of the Raiders, with them doing the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award, being able to give out money to help out with, uh, you know, just facilities or, or um, 
you know, just equipment and all kind of stuff. I think that's a big deal and just really helps these teams and these programs continue to develop. So, uh, yeah, so DeMond got an opportunity to talk to Chris McLemore Friday night at the high school football game. Here's that conversation. I'm DeMond Khan with Raider Nation Radio, Unnecessary Roughness, and I'm here at the high school showcase here at Sierra Vista this Friday, and we're talking to Raider alumni Chris McLemore. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing well now. We've got some high school football out here. Are you a native in Vegas now? Are you local? Are you residing here in Vegas? I actually am a native. I was born and raised here in Vegas. I went to Valley High School, so this is a great opportunity to be able to be here on Friday night. Friday night lights. High school football. I know they're excited, happy, ready to get going, ready to hit somebody. So it almost makes me feel like I want to go out and play it myself and go back to high school, but I'm too big now. <laughs> so there's no way I could do that, you know. You mentioned that, you know, you're a native in Vegas. So how have you seen Vegas high school football grow since your time in high school? Oh, my goodness. When I played, we had 12 high, high schools. I think it's like 20-some high schools now. So oh, it's more than it, that. It's more than that. So <laughs> it, it definitely has grown, and uh, it's really great because even my older brother, when he graduated, which was a few years before me, not that many high schools. Now you see a lot of colleges coming to Vegas. The opportunities for these youth to be able to go off to college and play uh, college football is just the opportunity is great now. So it's exciting. All right, so you're being a Vegas native. Where did you play your college ball at? Because what do you think about UNLV? Because UNLV is really starting to try to come up, and I think that they're going to be able to do a better job and keep some of this local talent. I, I hope so. <laughs> I really do. Uh, so I went to U of A, University of Arizona. Uh, had an opportunity to go to UNLV, but decided to go out of state, you know. But uh, I, I look forward to seeing UNLV doing some great things, and, I, and I'm excited about UNLV and getting some of this local talent because I'm starting to see that happen. All right, now, are you following the Raiders currently? I am. I am. Right. So one thing I want to ask you about being a former running back is that the Raiders right now in training camp, that running back room is, is stacked. Yes. So what do you think? What about, what about that competition in the running back room that's going to breed success? Because all of these guys, and you see it with the team, they're all rooting for each other, even though they're competing for jobs. You know what? It's amazing because even though you're competing against another fellow a teammate and player, you still have that camaraderie. And when you have that camaraderie, you're helping. I'm pushing you. You're pushing me. Hey, you're pushing each other. Even if one of those guys don't make it here, they'll catch on with some other team because they have that just type of caliber in that, that room right there, that offensive running back room. All right, and now that the Raiders, they're probably going to be moving to a running back by committee type of roster here. Josh Jacobs probably not going to get as many carries as he did last season. What do you think about that approach with the running backs, with the running back committee that we see across the league so far now? Well, I would probably need to see a little bit more of the running backs, the newer running backs, and also the offensive scheme because I like Josh Jacobs. I think he had he got injured last year, but I like the way he runs. I like he's aggressive. He knows how to get his knees up and get his pads behind him. So uh, I just need to get a little bit more of what's in that room. But I know they got a lot of competition. So uh, we'll see. Breed, competition breeds success. All right. And last thing before the national anthem gets started here, what's your prediction for the Raiders this season? Definitely playoffs. Definitely playoffs. And let's see what happens once we get, get in the game. All right. Thank you for your time, Chris. I'll get it. All right, and that was my interview with Chris McLemore over at Sierra Vista for the Friday Night Showcase. I can't wait for the Raiders to announce where it's going to be at next Friday, this coming Friday, because I'm going to be there as well. We'll be right back with Cover 3 on Raider Nation Radio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920 going to quickly go around the league real quick and then you'll hear a couple sound bites as well from uh, head coach Josh McDaniels as he met with the media on Sunday by way of Zoom and it's funny Damon and you're going to think that this was like the 
the bougie of the bougie for me. For the, you know, you know me. I'm always raising the bar when it comes to Q. Did what? Wait, Q, you did what? Anyway, so Saturday is the game, right? So you know we have all everything that go on on Saturday, and so the wife was going to get her nails and everything done. And she was like, you really need to go get your feet done. Your feet are always, you're always on your feet, this and that. You need to go get your feet done. I was like, yeah, I'm cool. It's all good. And she's like, no, you really need to. And I was like, all right, you know, why not? It's not, I don't have anything else to do on Sunday anyways. You know, there's no, uh, there's no game. And then also we got the email about when media availability was going to be. And it was at 1130. Well, the appointment for the, to get the feet done was at 11. So I'm sitting there on Zoom. <laughs> no joke. I'm on the Zoom. With the camera on, because I don't like, it's weird. I feel weird if you just have like a black box and you don't have anything. So I just feel like I'm being rude or something, which maybe sitting in a nail salon getting your feet done is worse. I don't know. But I'm literally sitting there and I'm trying to think. And I was going to ask a question to Josh McDaniels, but then I realized it was really loud. And as soon as I went unmute, it was going to be really loud. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. So I just chose not to. <laughs> oh, that would have been the funniest thing ever if you would have been like, oh, do you want the clear coat? Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> All right, coach. Now, what do you think about? <laughs> so what do you think about the offensive line? Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, can you move your foot there? Oh, yeah, by the way, no problem. You know, I just – and then it's funny because I'm looking in the in the phone and I'm seeing, like, what's behind me and I'm seeing people walk behind me and I was like, man, these people are going to wonder, what the hell is Q doing? And then everybody would be able to see right, it right here. Exactly. So I was like, man – Got me in a bad position. But, hey, I was on the call. I sure was on the call. So you'll hear a couple sound bites from uh, Coach Josh McDaniels coming up in just a few minutes after I do a little scatter shooting across the NFL. And I don't think it was any big surprise when we found out today that Baker Mayfield was named the starter there in Carolina the minute that they traded for him. You knew that he was going to be the starting quarterback if he was worth the salt. If he was at all decent when it came to picking up the playbook, Matt Rule announced his decision today. He said when we started this process, we were looking at three things. Number one, mastery of the offense. Number two, situational football excellence. And number three, moving the ball and getting guys involved. That's been our focus all along. Baker's made a lot of improvement, a lot of growth in all three areas in a short amount of time. Look, Matt, I'm a Matt Rule guy. But when you made the trade for Baker Mayfield, you know what you were looking for? A starting quarterback. That's what you were looking for. Be better than Sam Darnold. Exactly. Exactly. So Baker Mayfield will be starting against uh, in Carolina against the Cleveland Browns. How convenient. Week one of the regular season. Pete Carroll in Seattle, he's not ready to name a starter yet. Uh, Geno Smith had been taking most of the rest with the starters, but uh, when he went to practice on Sunday, him and uh, Drew Locke were actually splitting the snaps with the number one offense. Drew Locke was out with COVID, but he's back now. Uh, So Pete Carroll said he did okay today, seemed to bounce back. Uh, He's talking about Drew Locke. He said he's six... He's six or seven days into it now, so he's in good shape as far as getting back, but you never know until you get out there and start turning, uh, running around. He hung in there tough, so that's good. Whatever. I, I mean, don't. Yeah. Neither one of those quarterbacks are worth the salt. They're not making the playoffs this year. No, not with those two guys. And at this point, what other direction do you go? I don't see them trading in the division for Jimmy G, and if San Francisco were to release him, then okay, maybe they could pick him up, but I just think that Seattle, they, they're really wasting a year with the talent that they have. On the outsides, it's so funny. We talk about the talent that the Raiders have and how it'd be wasting a year if they, you know, the offensive line was a mess. It'd be a really shame if you have all these weapons and you don't have a quarterback then get on the ball. And that's how I feel like the situation is in in Seattle. Drew Locke is not worth the salt at all. Geno Smith is worse than that. But there's Gino, no but. There's could no be buts. The year. It's not. But it's not. Come on. Did you, you see Geno Smith the other night? I can't say that I did. Okay. Well, you didn't miss anything. He looked terrible. And Drew Locke, I mean, I think anyone who's who's watched the AFC West and watched the Raiders at all knows how bad Drew Locke can be. Can he be okay? Sure. But he's also going to throw two or three picks a game. 
It's going to give you an opportunity to make that every single time. So uh, neither one of those quarterbacks are worth the salt. These guys look like they're just going to chalk this season up to, well, we're going to try very hard, and we're going to get a really high draft pick and go out and get one of these quarterbacks that are coming out in the draft. And that's a dangerous game to play. Uh, earlier today, the Buffalo Bills, they got a 2023rd fifth-round pick from the Cardinals in exchange for guard Cody Ford. So another Oklahoma product heading to Arizona to help protect Kyler Murray. Of course, team up with uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown as well, both uh, Oklahoma guys. So uh, Arizona's trying to address their issues that they have along the offensive line by bringing in Cody Ford. And I think Cody Ford is a really good player. So I think that's a nice little nice little get for them. And giving up a 2023rd fifth-round pick, I think it's well worth it. Oh, yeah, especially for a guy that's a starter, but he is on an expiring contract, mm-hmm. so I'm sure that played a little bit into it. For sure. So I don't know if they're going to keep him after this season, though, so he's really going to have to, you know, prove it. Right. He, I mean, then that's all you want. You want a guy to have to prove it, right? Go out there and, and have to ball out during his, uh, you know, his contract year, and if he does ball out, then, hey, you got you something, and you just pay him. And if he doesn't, then you just let him go and say, okay, well, whatever. Right, exactly. It just it, it just didn't work out. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, this really sucked. He got hurt uh, in his uh, preseason game yesterday. He's going to miss three to four weeks uh, with a sprained MCL. But the good thing is it's not an ACL tear like everyone thought at first. The ACL and the meniscus were still intact, but uh, just an unfortunate injury. He got cut blocked by uh, Thaddeus Moss, Randy Moss's son, on Sunday's preseason game. And those cut blocks, man, are ugly. Some people were calling it dirty. It's technically not a dirty play. It's not illegal. It's just not ideal. It's not what you want to see. So uh, Thibodeau, uh, he's going to be out for a, a while, three to four weeks with that uh, sprained MCL. But uh, Giants rookie linebacker and six-round pick Darian Beavers, he actually did suffer a torn ACL, so he's out for the season. So the Giants are suffering some injuries by way of the defensive side of the ball. That's never good. And then the final little nugget I have for you before we get into some Josh McDaniel sound, Lamar Jackson, he's been offered more money than Kyler Murray per Jay Glazer, but both sides can't agree on the extension. Because Jackson wants his contract fully guaranteed, similar to Deshaun Watson. Cleveland, look what you done started. I don't blame him one bit. I don't blame him because Kirk Cousins got his contracts. And I say that with S on the end, plural, because he's had multiple contracts fully guaranteed. And he's not sniffing anything that's positive. He's not, in my opinion, he's not even that good, right? I mean, he's just not, in my opinion. I, I don't see why Lamar Jackson should not get a fully guaranteed contract. Kyler Murray got a nice deal, but it wasn't fully guaranteed. Lamar Jackson is a former league MVP. I don't give a damn what anyone says about him. If you can give Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract, Lamar Jackson should be getting nothing but a fully guaranteed contract. Simple as that. I'm right there with you. Like, well, there's Simple. no objections that he should bring me my money. Right. Exactly. And make sure, yeah, it's all fully guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, if 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 Deshaun Jackson's getting or Deshaun Jackson Deshaun Watson is getting two hundred thirty million, I want two hundred thirty five, and I want it all fully guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do like the Price is Right. I want to one up you. That's all I need. Just one up me. That's all I need. So those are the little news and notes, little nuggets that I have for you. Cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Now I also wanted to get into a couple sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels as we talked to him on Sunday. And the first one is what we talked about a lot in the show today, and that's the offensive line, and in particular Alex Leatherwood. So here's Josh McDaniels responding to the question of how do you help a young player that is struggling and, and it seems like they're just in their own head right now? Uh, consistency, um, you know, and and look, you know, there's – I've said this before. There's there's a lot of guys that you know are out there trying to improve and get better. Um, you know, and an offensive line is really uh, you know the unit itself uh, is really a collective you know heartbeat, if you will. Um, you know, so 
when one man does something, um, you know, that maybe uh, is not exactly what we want, then it'll affect the other four guys. And so, um, you know, usually when that unit plays well, it's bec- it's the result of all five of them, probably plus the tight ends, um, doing their job the right way and with the right technique and fundamentals. So um, just staying consistent with what we're trying to do. Uh, we, we need to approach each day as an opportunity to get better and improve in those things. Uh, but repetition, uh, you know, and good repetition on the practice field is where you build good habits. And so, um, you know, there's no shortcut to it. We just got to put the work in and, and stay consistent with our effort. Well, the work's going to be put in this week. We know that the work is going to be put in this week. I'm so excited about being out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, it's so funny. We were talking about earlier in the show about getting there early, uh, super early, and we've already got the notice. Uh, you better get there early because there's going to be a ton of media. Obviously, the New England media is going to be here, and the local media is going to be here, so it's going to be packed. And the room has already been pretty stinking packed all training camp long just because there's a lot of energy a lot of excitement around this team so you're starting to see a lot of out-of-town visitors come in and of course with the local media that's always there the Tashawn Reeds Vic Tafer Paul Gutierrez you know Vinny myself uh, you know we're already already out there and so uh, you combine that you know with all the New England media it's gonna be a packed house so when I mentioned that I might get there at 6 30 I might get there at 6 a.m. I might get there a little bit earlier than that just saying I mean I was uh, I, jokes on me yeah, get buddy. There as early as possible. That's why I said you can't get there. <laughs> hey, man, if whatever day, whatever time the door is open, and I found out the door is open at six, it's probably the time you want to get there. Anything later than that, you might be late. I could always do some work while I'm waiting. No assigned seats, right? No, there's not right now. There may be though. That might end up being a suggestion uh, because there's been a couple times where you walk in, it's like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, man. I don't know if you know this. But this is usually where I sit. This is where I sit, dog. Hey, man, I've been holding this spot down. I will say, and hopefully this does not happen. But last week, we had a guy that was in the media room, and he's from the New England media, and he's a very well-known media member, does great work, fantastic work. My man came in while Jermaine Illuminor was, was talking. You heard it when we played his, uh, the media session. We played the whole, the whole segment. He walked in while Illuminor was talking, and normally if one of the guys beats us to the, you know, to the podium, we'll just wait outside until that session is over. You don't want to walk in there and the door creaks and makes noise and then slams he let all that happen he walked in door slams behind it you know just whatever walks to the back of the room grabs his bag you know kind of makes some noise walks into the bathroom takes a leak you know then i don't think he flushed not that he i know he flushed i don't think he washed his hands (laughs) okay no seriously i'm just saying man i don't mind putting it all out there because he didn't he didn't mind putting it all out there so then flushes the toilet and then opens the door while the toilet's flushing. So all you hear is... It's like, okay. So Jermaine Illuminor kind of looked up like, what in the hell's going on here? And we all kind of looked around at each other like, hey, man. And then proceeded back to go get his bag. Of course. Walk out and let the door slam again. All that while Jermaine Illuminor was at the podium. Just saying. Just saying. So hopefully that doesn't happen the next couple of days. Because that was kind of... We kind of looked around. I know Cassie Soto looked at me and was, you know, kind of gave that look like, what in the world just happened? What did, what did we just miss out on? But it was, I mean, again, you can go back to listen to Jermaine Illuminor's uh, presser and you'll hear exactly what happened. It's all right there. Everything. From walking in the door, the door slamming, taking a leak, flushing the toilet. It's all right there. The only thing that you don't hear, washing the hands. <laughs> washing the hands. <laughs> 
I think we got another clip to get to. We do. As you air somebody out. Hey, man, I didn't do it. I know what to do. <laughs> right? I mean, if COVID taught us anything, we're supposed to wash our damn hands, right? Isn't that what we learned? Is that the one thing that we learned from COVID? We should have been washing our hands anyway. But did that not teach us? Is that not the lesson that everyone said, wash your hands for 20 seconds? Make sure. I mean, is that not what we heard the whole time? Maybe the water pressure was a little low, so you just couldn't hear it. Because the damn toilet was flushing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we have these joint practices that are going to take place tomorrow and Wednesday. So what is head coach Josh McDaniels looking to get out of this joint practice with the Patriots? And these joint practices, I mean, this is, these are, they're great opportunities for us to compete against somebody else. Um, You know, I'm sure all of our guys are tired of doing one-on-ones against each other. They all know each other very well. They've seen the routes, they've seen the rushes, they've seen the pass protection sets. So they kind of know what to expect. So this is going to give our our team an opportunity to compete against somebody new, uh, to work our fundamentals and techniques against a different scheme. You know, we're not really going to go through a big scouting report about like, here's what we're going to see and here's what we're not going to see. Whatever happens on the field happens. So it's going to test our ability to communicate on the field and solve problems without really a lot of preparation. Um, which is a great opportunity for us to test where we're at on that. Um, and just to, to go out and, and really test, you know, our, where we're at, you know, in terms of our overall ability as a unit to perform, whether it's a special team unit, defensively, offensively, uh, we're going we're gonna to hit a lot of different situations in the next couple of days here. Uh, should be an opportunity for us to really improve our football team, and that's what we're looking forward to doing. We'll talk to head coach Joshua Daniels again on Wednesday morning. So we look forward to that. Just hearing what he thought about Tuesday's practice, because it'll be again before the Wednesday practice. But uh, I, I think this is the best thing that could happen to this team is having these joint practices where it's not scripted. It's all, you know, hey, they have to find a way to adjust. And, okay, this is how they're attacking us. Well, we need to figure out how to do this, that, and the other. I think this is going to be a great thing. And like he said, a good measuring stick. Way more important than what we'll see on Friday from the game. What you'll see and hear about tomorrow and Wednesday is going to carry way more weight than what we see on Friday because most likely you're not going to really see anyone that's a big-time player out there. And I know that Josh McDaniels hasn't named starters. He said that last week. I haven't named starters yet, but it doesn't take a genius to figure out some of the guys that are already solidified their spots. Yeah, all the players are important. But going back right. to those joint practices, last year, if you if Hunter Renfro, when he had that great season, 100 catches, you can take it back to those joint practices with the Rams yeah. and be that was the moment that people knew, hey, man, he stepped it up a level. Yeah. So I'm not saying that someone else is going to have that breakout, hey, everybody's tweeting about him, that, man, you got to see what he did today at the joint practices. But if somebody does. I wonder who that could be. Who do you think could be this year's Hunter Renfro? You bring up a great point. Because he was going up against Jalen Ramsey, and I remember everyone tried to downplay it. Oh, it wasn't a big deal. Ramsey was working on some techniques, and even Renfro was, you know, hey, Jalen Ramsey's a hell of a player. I just, I was just out there doing whatever I do. But I remember that that practice specifically. He was really getting a lot of love, and then you see what he did. It turned into a hell of a season. I, I think that's a great point. Who do you think could be this year's Hunter Renfro to really step up and that we're talking about a lot following practice? For me, like with the Ramsey comparison, I don't know who the Patriots have on their team that's just elite at one position because if Max Crosby and Chandler Jones make Trent Brown look silly, it'd be like, yeah, it's a good sign. But we already knew that these guys were yeah. on, on that yeah, level. Yeah, they're already, yeah. So who who could you make look silly on the Patriots team that we would be able to say, yo, man, if you're making him look bad, you got to be good. That's the only thing. I remember that's that saying, a good question, that, yeah. I mean, yeah, so let's say if Nate Hobbs went out there and locked up. See, that's up, who I was thinking, too. 
But who's the guy that you're worried about, yeah, Nelly? If he, yeah, if he locks up Nelson Aguilar, nobody's going to be like, hey, 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 right. he got the clamps. I still don't think Nelson Aguilar is that great of a wide receiver. I know that you know a lot of Raider Nation wanted him to return, and I know he did some good things with with uh, Derek Carr. Uh, he probably should give a little bit of his paycheck to Derek Carr for helping him <laughs> helping him get that free <laughs> agent deal. I'm just saying, like he probably should just go ahead and slide him a few a few bills and say, hey man, thank you, I appreciate you. I don't want to disrespect the guy, but I never thought he was great. I thought he was good. Now, he did stretch the field, and when the Raiders needed it the most, he did come up with some big plays, so I can't take that from him. But, I mean, I, I like to look at the body of work, not just one year's and be a prisoner of that moment. I mean, there's a reason why Nelly was somewhat on the on the trade block not too long ago. Right, and I, don't, I don't think they have a big-time difference maker at that wide receiver position, right? They don't have a Devontae Adams. That's for damn sure. They have Nelly. They have, what, Bourne. Uh, they have Jacoby Myers. I mean, they have, you know, they have Jags. Just another guy, right? That's that's who they have. They don't have any elite guy. I don't know. I don't know who who that. I don't know who it could be that can end up being this year's Hunter Renfro. I think that's a damn good question, though. But before we go to break, real quick, I'm gonna say Zamir White though. If you had to choose somebody, like if the running backs look good, because we always know that the Patriots defense is gonna be stout. You know, Gerard yeah. Mayo stayed. You got the younger Belichick. You got the Belichick son there. Their co-defensive coordinators there. So maybe if a running back can stand out, you can take that as, hey, that's a good sign. Maybe if a, a you know a T. Billy or a Mac Hollins or, um, or or Keelan Cole, maybe if one of those guys steps up and does something against the the DBs. But, I mean, again, the DBs are somewhat questionable as well, right? I think there's a lot of questions that have to do with this Patriot team in general. So I'm really interested to see what it's going to look like, too. And knowing that the Raiders play them late in the season and the team that you see the next couple days at practice is not going to be the team that is going to be coming to Allegiant Stadium at the end of the season. It's just not. I mean, even if they were a well-oiled machine, you know teams just look differently. The Raiders team is going to look different as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to sit on that one for a while, but that's an interesting note. Like, who's going to end up being the guy that we're talking about? Like, man, this dude really stood out. Or the guy who didn't really stand out. Maybe a guy, God, I hate, I sound like a broken record. Or maybe, you know, somebody on the offensive line Uh that gets wrecked. Yep. What if a guy on the offensive line gets wrecked? Then we're talking about him in a bad way. That's also a possibility. 448 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Close out the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Going to close out the show like we close out the show on the daily. That's with Real or Fake. DeMond is going to hit me with some questions. Before we get into Real or Fake, though, I did get a couple text messages on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r Wanted to get to real quick. One's from LJ. With the pass rush, that'll be there. Big story could be Merrick getting multiple picks off Mac Jones from center field. That could be a, a that could be one of the the storylines coming out of it. The interceptions that are thrown, if they're thrown, uh, some plays that are being made. I would like to see the Raiders come away with a few interceptions, just because something we talked about quite a bit is that they need to get into the habit of creating turnovers. So no matter how they do it, interceptions, forced fumbles, whatever the case may be, to see them get the ball. In in the words of Charles Woodson, see ball, get ball. If they can do that. That'll be a, a storyline that I'll be p- proud to talk about on the show. Like, hey, guys, Trayvon Merrick had an interception. Nate Hobbs had an interception. It's like Oprah was handing them out. You get a pick, and you get a pick, and you get a pick. That'd be great. Would love to see that. Uh, also got a text message from Fargo Raider. Uh, Q and DeMond, I hear you, DeMond. I hear you polishing up that radio game. That was pretty smooth. Props. I'll wait to reserve judgment on what needs to happen with the line after we see 
what number one practice this week looks like. Just win, baby. That's from Fargo Raider, and that's fair. That's fair. You know, we uh, we had Jason and Maryland hit us up earlier and say, you know, you don't want to overreact, and, and also Raider Max said, I don't want to overreact either, but it is an area of concern that offensive line. It'll be a good measuring stick these next two days to see exactly where these guys stand and how they're looking. So I'm I'm with you. It's okay to you know talk about it and you know kind of come up with some ideas of ways that the Raiders can address their offensive line. But uh, until we see what we see the next couple days, you know I think we'll get a really good idea of what this team is working with. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Now, uh, let me go ahead and pass the sticks on to DeMond. You got a couple of topics here for Real or Fake? Oh, yes, I've got plenty. We Not enough. We might have to push something back to tomorrow. Well, that's okay. Because, we got you know, four more shows in the week. There's always just so much to get to. Okay. Q, Game of Thrones, Real or Fake? Is Game of Thrones back? I don't. I've never saw the first one. All right, well, it is back, but we got a prequel, Q. <laughs> I've never House seen it. of Dragons, Q, a prequel set 200 years before the series in Game of Thrones. And let me tell you, I thought it was going to be some mid. I was just going to watch just to see what everybody was talking about. Okay. But God dang it, they did it again. They got you? I'm hooked in. Unbelievable. Every Sunday, NFL season, it's going to be tough because, whoo, Game of Thrones, Q, I mean, Matt Smith. Is you sound Dam- like Lester Hayes. Q, Q, Q tell you. Q, Matt Smith is Damon Targaryen. You were going, you were wanted to see Q. You know all about the Targaryens, right? No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. Right now, you're speaking a foreign language to me. I have no idea what you're talking about. That would be Dothraki if I was speaking a foreign language to you. Man, I like, don't know if this sounds. See the this sounds as fake as Manti Teo's girlfriend. Come on, Q. We got yeah, After this Netflix documentary, we, we can't make those jokes anymore. Why can't we? She wasn't real. <laughs> I saw the documentary. It was the homework that Melissa, who's in our uh, front office, she uh, gave me the homework over the weekend. She said, I want you to go watch it and see what you think. And I said, okay, I will. I'll just say this, man. Like, I feel bad for the dude. You know, nobody wants to get catfished. But the signs were there, dog. The signs were there. It's not like, you the know what I mean? The signs are always there. The signs were there. He just chose to ignore it. So I feel bad for him, but I don't feel that bad for him. The sign, There were signs there. I'm just saying. All right, Q, real fake. <laughs> the mass Singer is going to see record viewership in this next season. Fake. 100% fake. I don't care that people are saying Tom Brady was, was away working on that. I don't know. I, I, I think that the show has a good concept. I don't think that the actual delivery is great. Well, I'm going to be just watching just to see if Tom Brady just happens to be the bear. Do you ever work? You're always watching something. Are you ever working? I know, right? It's Hey, man, there's too much good entertainment out there, Q. Well, you better entertain yourself with this damn job. (laughs) (laughs) Can't watch a... What do you... You you kick your feet off? I mean, the game's over? No. You don't want to watch a little mass singer? No. You know what I watch when the game's over? Sports Center. That's how I get caught up on everything else. Sports Center and games. That's what I do. Well, that's why you only sleep four hours a day, man. I mean, maybe you could. That's why the some- wife hates me. <laughs> she don't hate me. Maybe the wife, the wife would love if you say, "Hey, man, let's turn on that new Game of Thrones show, honey." Check you know what out. I said? I said, "Hey, let's watch the Manti Teo documentary." <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, this is a big story." Yeah, there you go. That was our entertainment. There it is. 4.55 is the time. Make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate. They'll be live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center tomorrow, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Radio Nation Radio 920.